0: Welcome back to Left Anchor. I'm Alexi the Greek,
1: and I'm Ryan Cooper. We are back. We're talking about Hannah Arendt. But first, I want to do a little housekeeping notice. Um, I have got a book coming out. Uh, just, just remember to mention this <laughs> <the> seconds ago. <laughs> but the so it's coming out on the 25th. Uh, you, there will be a pre-order link in the description and also on the 25th i'm doing an event an, an online remote event uh with the powerhouse arena um and david dayan is going to be the host uh, and and uh, so you know we'll we'll have a link to that wh- uh where you can sign up and uh, check it out too if you so wish um so you know, anyway, and, you, and
0: as you should wish, if you know what's good for you, frankly. Uh, no, this is this is great, Coops. It's it's been a long time coming, brother. You know, Ryan's book was supposed to come out back in September. Uh, it was but before, to, yeah, before it was before people out. even knew about the supply chain issues. You know, before that was not on anyone's radar, right? You did, you knew.
1: Yep, it was delayed. I mean, uh, the original schedule was spring 2021. And then that didn't happen for a variety of reasons. Then it was supposed to be September and, uh, now, uh, January, 2022, it's really going to happen. And so you can actually buy a copy if you want, and it supposedly will be delivered. I mean, unless it gets <laughs> bogarded off the train. Hey, by mine's somebody. supposed to
0: come. Mine's supposed to come on January 25th. Cause I pre-ordered like a good boy. Yeah. Uh, and you all can pre-order right now. It's, uh, you know, do you have a little, have you figured out an elevator pitch? Because uh, at least you should tell people the title of the book and the subtitle. But uh, maybe you even have a little synopsis or a little pitch or something.
1: It's called, How Are You Going to Pay for That? Smart Answers to the Dumbest Question in Politics. Uh, I did not write the subtitle. <laughs> but So I can't guarantee that the answers are, in fact, smart. But I think they're at least moderately intelligent. And basically the argument is I'm wrapping up, you know, eight years of columns into a nice little bow and I'm sort of trying to like set forth my uh, basic moral ideological framework for how, um, how the economy works, what it's, what, what it's uh, about. And, um, you know, outside of sort of like technical details and making the picture in, 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 and pushing the argument rather that the economy is a social construct. It's made by policy. It's made by governments. It's made by the decisions of individual people. Uh It isn't a sort of like natural force that you have to sacrifice yourself to. And so, you know, and that like stated that way, it's kind of an obvious thing. Like people have been saying this for a long time, but you still see it everywhere. You know, like the idea that uh we need to like beat workers into the the labor market. Um, you know, this apparently is a big objection that Joe Manchin has with the child tax credit whose payments just stopped uh this month. Um he doesn't like that people can get it without having to work. That comes straight out of self-regulating market ideology. And so, you know, I'm sort of like throwing my little pebble against the wall, you know, trying to crack that thing out uh to you know, kind of convince people, give them a rough and ready kind of uh, picture of how the uh, 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 the sort of basic framework of uh, economic systems and how a few practical examples of what could be done to uh, fix them, to make them better in this country specifically, because they fucking suck.
0: Here. <laughs> yeah, brother, you know, I'm looking forward to our interview. So keep an eye out everybody. We're going to do a whole episode where I interview Ryan on the book. Um, but but this is a nice little teaser, because I know of no one better uh, at debunking and demystifying uh, something like this, which is the, the thing that 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 the elites get away with is making something that is not just socially constructed, but is actually fairly straightforward and about who owes whom what and, and who is giving what to whom and turning that into a, a reified uh th- thing, like you would sacrifice to the gods, sacrifice to the economy, the reified economy, which is this, this kind of, you know, uh, mystified, uh, abstraction. When in fact, it's really, uh, people making, uh, you know, concrete and specific decisions that have, uh, concrete and real effects on real lives. And, and I think, you know, over the years, you've been very good at calling bullshit uh, on those that would obscure the very real and important political and economic consequences of that mystification. So uh, I'm in lo- I'm looking forward to our our conversation.
1: Yeah, it should be fun. Mystification is the word, you know that that like there th- this is a constant process in politics of people trying to pull the wool over your eyes. You know there is no alternative. You know, like like this. Um, and that 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 I think is the signature move of of uh, neoliberals to say that uh, this is the result of some sort of naturalized imposition. When in virtually every case, it is a result of government policy somewhere. Um, and that's I think a, a decent transition into our subject. Hannah Arendt talking about truth and politics. Yeah, um,
0: 1967, uh, first published in the New Yorker. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, so, so this is a quite a long essay. We'll link to it in the description, of course. Uh, you know, and so it's about, um, I mean, it's a sophisticated piece. It's, it's about, you know, about, uh, the nature of truth, how, how truth kind of interacts with, um, you know, political discourse and about, you know, the, the, um, use of, Propaganda and organized lying and organized self deception um, in, you know, more kind of authoritarian and even totalitarian contexts. You know, Hannah Arendt obviously being, you know, a scholar of, of totalitarianism and in her words. And maybe kind of a route into it would be to think about the question of is propaganda effective? Uh, you know, if we've, we've seen some takes on this, uh, you know, I won't, I won't say, say who necessarily, but, but it's been a real subject of discussion, you know, like, like does argument matter in politics or is it all just the economy? Is it, is it just like crude economic determinism that just sort of like mechanically produces people's opinions by what like job they happen to have or whether they own, um, you know, business or some shit. The the uh, it's kind of a weird thing to talk about on a podcast, because here we are using language to discuss the influence of, you know, like a particular argument about how people are, uh, you know, how their beliefs are formed. And so how could it possibly be the case that like my job mechanically forced me to like produce this sort of, th- you know, it's a <laughs> we've little... We've deceived
0: ourselves, right? we've deceived ourselves into thinking that arguments matter and ideas matter. Uh, either that or we are deliberately lying to people just uh, for our own benefit and pretending that ideas matter. Uh, but even then, they would matter to make us money, I, I assume. So uh, the meager money that we that we get from our patrons that we are appreciative of. Uh, yeah. But no, I, I think that idea is is kind of absurd on its face when when it's in its kind of straw man or caricature version of uh marxist determinism which is to say that uh ideas are totally epiphenomenal they don't matter at all they're just it's one one way right it's, you yeah. know uh just from material conditions to ideas there's no feedback loop or anything uh which is obviously contradicted by marx himself gramsci we know and 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 just even common sense right like yeah. the, you know uh, the the other extreme is to say that uh, ideas have uh, just supernatural power to transform everyone outside of any material conditions or without interacting with material reality at all and that is weird and absurd too the whole point is that propaganda or persuasive argument either way um is effective in connection to the lives people are living situated in material reality, of course. Yeah. But, but we'll dig into this a bit more. But like, the fact that QAnon and anti-vaxxers are, uh, are so confused about reality is not because material conditions don't matter. And it's not because ideas don't matter. It's because given the material conditions of the lives they are living, the meaning they seek, is being found in narratives that are replete with falsehoods. Uh and and diving into why those falsehoods, the propaganda that captures them and, and makes them political actors in the way that they are, is worth investigating. It's 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 something to figure out. But but no one should be able to say that neither ideas or argument uh you know or nor propaganda and lying Um, are relevant and and neither that material conditions are irrelevant. Obviously both matter.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think that the example of anti-vaxxers is maybe the most convincing one in this particular case, like, like, like more or less pure propaganda, uh, convincing people to quite literally kill themselves by the tens of thousands. Um, If you've, if you've never gone onto the uh, Reddit uh, the subreddit um, Herman Kane Awards. I recommend doing that at least once and just sort of scrolling through some of the posts because the formula is almost identical in every case. You have a collection of Facebook memes about how the vaccines are bullshit, how you won't consent to, you know, do- domination by the government, blah, blah, blah. Uh, You know, Dr. Fauci is a Nazi, these type of things. And then they get COVID, they get very sick and they die. Uh, and that's winning the Herman Kane Award, you know, kind of dire stuff, you know, supposedly the yeah. intention of it is, is at least what they're saying, you know, a lot of people are kind of gloating about this, but there's also a lot of people who, who get, you know, sort of boosted up on there by saying, like, I read a lot of these posts and I got the vaccine because it scared the shit out of me, uh, which is, you know, seems reasonable.
0: <laughs> at least- Pro- well, probably in part because as a, uh, you know, I'm not big on Reddit, but I, I, I assume that people who are, have a trust in the Reddit community in some way,
1: right? Yeah, it's a kind of, well, I mean, I think honestly, it's another example of propaganda working. So you have people who, like these, uh, you know, 60 year old smokers with COPD who are convinced that they're supermen and can't die of COVID by Facebook. And they post about their slow and uh, uh, just gruesome death and then that gets posted on Reddit, uh, you know, into a community of people who are are not like they have a different social context. And even if they are skeptical of the vaccine for different reasons, they see this over and over again. And I think, you know, repetition is key in propaganda. Any advertiser will tell you that. Uh, and, they, you know, it's like it's it's affecting. I mean, that's the thing. It's like you scroll through five or ten of these posts it's like some of them. Some of them are just like, like just pure Darwin award, like the worst, uh, idiot hogs, you know, just getting what they could not have asked for more loudly. Some of them are tragic. Some of them are just bird brained morons who got convinced by Oprah and Dr. Oz, you know, that the, that the vaccines are, are dubious or they just kind of put it off, you know, and like they'll leave behind like, I was reading one a while ago, uh, mid forties people, uh, a couple, um, parents really? of five children, dad was supposedly just completely devoted and didn't get the vaccine for whatever reason. And they both died within a week. I mean, the trauma of that is just incredible and, and it's, yeah. it's heartbreaking, you know, and it, and you know, it's like, shit, if I hadn't already gotten the vaccine, It's like, shit, I'm gonna go get another dose, you know, like. It works. Well,
0: yeah, and I think so. Here's what Arendt. I th- where one of the ways in which Arendt illuminates why that's more effective than say whether on Twitter or with family members or whomever, just uh, a, a random person or or you telling your relative who's an anti-vaxxer. Uh, the scientific facts, as it were, right? Yeah. That, cause, cause she, she, she explains why it, it is often totally ineffective to just relate facts to people. Yeah. Right? Because what you just described in, in Reddit is, is what she would call political because it's, it's a plurality. It's, it's a group of people who are acting in, in concert, uh, towards some end or goal. They, they are acting with narrative and storytelling and framing in mind. You called it propaganda, which, you know, that's fine to say that, that something is propaganda, even if it has a good result, perhaps. Um, but the idea is that it's not just facts alone, what we might call scientific facts alone. It's the use of those facts in service of a narrative that has that, – that takes political action. Because people are not persuaded by facts. People are often uh, – they, they, they buy into narratives or meaning-making systems or they don't, right? Yeah. And, and, and there's there's political contestation in the realm of what we might call opinion. Uh, and, and that is where uh, people meet each other and where discourse could be had. The danger is and, – and the reason that, that that is helpful and interesting – the danger of, I, I would say, the kind of uh, – post-truth Trumpist realities we've been facing, uh that, that go down to, to you know Bolsonaro and, and Brazil and other places around the world that seem to accompany the, the ascendant right wing authoritarianism is the the danger that it's hard to even access any shared uh reality at all to even debate, discuss or persuade right? Like the danger of true totalitarianism and the danger of, uh, certain, certain epistemological, uh, projects of fascism is the very defeat of, um, politics itself, the very defeat of, of debate and persuasion, um, because the realities are so divorced from one another that, um, that there is just the echo chambers that, that don't meet at all. Right. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, you sent me this Joe Rogan clip where yeah. Yeah, it was just an object lesson in the uselessness of mirror facts and confronting like a committed demagogue, like, mm-hmm. uh, you sure. know, someone who's been brainwashed more or less one you of his yeah. uh, repeated guests, you know, that, rogan was talking about um you know the possibility of heart swelling uh in adolescents who get the vaccine which is like a one in like a 12 in a million chance a microscopic and
0: it's, risk and it's one one eighth the the likelihood of of covid doing it actually right
1: yes and so that so this guy guy just like uh presents with a counter argument and you know Rogan just retreats and then just says, just says well the evidence is probably fake
2: for young boys in particular there's an adverse risk associated with the vaccine it's like yes. a two to four fold increase in the um, instances of myocarditis yes but you know what
0: hospitalization the, you know that there's an increased risk of myocarditis in among that age cohort from getting covid as well which exceeds the risk of myocarditis from the vaccine i don't think that's true i don't think it it's is. true
2: i don't no, no no i don't think it's true that there's an increased risk of myocarditis from people catching covid that are young versus increased risk of myocarditis from the vaccine no there is there's well, let's look that up because I don't think that's true. <laughs> myocarditis is more common after COVID-19 infection than vaccination, but is this with children? Buses yeah. We're talking about young people. Men and boys aged under 30 after this, this is what it says here. With, with children is the issue. Well, no, we were talking about 15 year olds. Well, we're talking about young children. Male a child. So yes. 12 to 17. 12 to 17. More like to develop myocarditis with three months of catching COVID at a rate of 450 cases million infection. This compares to 67 cases of myocarditis per million at the same time following their second dose of fiv- Pfizer.
0: Yeah, so you're about eight times likely to get myocarditis from getting COVID than from getting the vaccine. That's
2: interesting. Now that, that, that is sad. not what I've read before, but also it's like when even when we're reading these things, it's like, what are we getting this from? Is this from well, the VARES report? But even from the VARES reports when they report this stuff, it's like the amount of people that report the, um, like it's the underreporting,
1: you know, so like you can't lever people out of, a uh, uh, that kind of like ideological identity, community commitment with just information. I mean, most people, at least like if, if you're talking to like possibly a scientist, you know, like someone with an unusual kind of commitment to like introspection and some, something like that but most people like can be totally like just dismiss the inconvenient evidence. And um, you know, that why I think coming back to the, uh, the, the, the Herman Cain award stuff, it's like, it's effective not just in terms of being like good propaganda individually, but in the context of you're on this subreddit, you're seeing post after post after post, you're seeing the, the transit of these, Pathetic face. It's pathos, right? Yeah. It's
0: it's it's not operating on on the on the logical sense. It's it's it's, yeah. it's 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 operating on your emotions.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, on both, I would say. You know, like
0: both. Yeah, but but, but it's it's not, it only works. It's not because. studies.
1: Is yeah sure.
0: It only works because it in- includes the the emotion. The yeah, pathos, the, right? right.
1: The yeah. central axis is saying like 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 telling these little because every one of these posts about people dying, it's this little narrative arc. You know, it's 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 yeah. uh, the the people getting their comeuppance. I mean, the classic Greek tragedy sort of dramatic arc. I mean, an incredibly just maudlin and gauche fashion, you know, but it's like the hubris meeting its nemesis, you know, just over and over again. And like, I feel like it kind of hits some lizard brain shit that people maybe don't (laughs) quite understand, but it's really effective, you know, and I, and you see over and over again, the other posts and people saying like, nope, got my vaccine. Like I, I spent too much time on here and it convinced me because like, it's, it's no fucking joke. I mean, it's, it's a way of sort of harnessing those empirical facts. But going back to this question of material reality, you know, and like what the sort of like business and like economic production system has to do with like truth and whatnot. uh, I don't think it's a coincidence that in these Reddit posts, and I think every single one I have ever seen, it is Facebook every time. I've never seen one with Twitter. Maybe there are some but i've w- i've read hundreds of these posts not a single one of them has anything but facebook 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 usually the same format of memes and the same like this like like the same memes repeated you know between different places and i think it it's Abs like the the effect yeah. of propaganda the
0: propaganda on facebook it has been very successful because it's designed to be right right well and,
1: and you're talking about a multi-billion dollar company i mean they're making like a hundred billion dollars a year or something like that in profits uh a, a scale that is unmatched in the in the human history i mean two, two point something billion people theoretically at least on the same platform i mean the 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 ability to transmit these kind of messages without any kind of like moderation or whatever basically and for people to be exposed to this type of propaganda, you know, the stuff that like pushes your buttons, in a in a business context in, in which like, you know, a certain company is just making shitloads of money without having to, you know, deal with any kind of legal liability for any of this kind of shit, because that's how the internet was set up in the first place. So, you know, it's the, the, the two things interacting together, you know, to return to the initial thing, like, like, it's propaganda, it's ideas, it's argument, it's lies, it's it's deception, and it's the way that capitalism works in this particular moment that is brainwashing people on a fucking industrial scale.
0: Well, and let's talk... So, I want to dig into... She, she has a, a quite nuanced distinction that she draws between what she calls rational truth and factual truth, and how that... um how that distinction relates to kind of some of these political questions we're talking about right uh so so she she has to back up a little bit there is a tradition philosophically uh and in political theory where <clears throat> philosophers and, and contemplation is oriented to the eternal, which is to say that which does not change, the transcendent. Um, and here for Plato and Plato's Republic, for example, uh, geometry, mathematics is, is, is kind of a route to, to knowing God or knowing the eternal because, um, it is in the realm of, of ideas, the, the realm, uh where where things never change, right? It's not it's not in the temporal, it's not uh you know um, the the temporal, the transient, the empirical, these are things that are contingent, these are things that that uh that die, that fall away, that transform, that progress, as opposed to two plus two equals four, that is always two plus two equals four. It stands kind of outside of temporality and change and decay and, and transience, right? And so, so what, what, what say scientists observe in the temporal empirical world, uh, are the contingent things, are the things that pass away and come into being, are, uh, are the things that therefore require the scientific method to verify and to 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 kind of replicate because uh, maybe they will no longer be true at some point. Maybe it, things will change, you know. Uh, and so, so the rational is something done by, by that's done in a, in a singular fashion by by my, like I verify in my mind's eye that two plus two equals four. That's something that's that's me and my access to. This kind of rational truth, right? My, my rational faculty f- discovers this, this kind of thing, for example. On the other hand, the factual, as she defines it, right, is the realm of, um, of wh- what Wittgenstein would call accidental um, things, right? Which, which is to say like, oh, it rains today. I observed that empirically I used my senses and, and that's a fact. It rained today. And that's <laughs> verified by you. You also saw that, you know, it didn't actually yeah. rain today, but, but right. Yeah. And so that you, now you need other people. You move from the singular pursuit of like math on your own to something that needs verification. It needs other people. And, and there are now kind of reasons for, so, so if I say that it rained today and you say it didn't, uh, I can marshal reasons for well, I looked at my phone and my phone said it it, it rained today, and you say, Well, I was standing outside all day, and it didn 't and and so now we have opinion, we have uh the the realm where there are reasons for and against believing a certain thing and and what is factual is is what is true about that transient contingent thing, right? But people might offer different opinions. Okay, so you can see how we're getting from this to whether vaccines are more dangerous than COVID or whatever, right? Yeah. Right? That's the
1: end of the preview, folks. If you want to hear the whole episode, you can go to patreon.com slash left anchor. Thanks for listening.